Hi, sweet angels, and welcome to the Spiritually Sourced podcast. This podcast is all things spirituality, mysticism, manifestation, self-love, and everything in between. Each week, we will explore new spiritual pathways that will allow yourself to live as your highest self. Interviews with expanding women in the spiritual world and channeled messages in solo episodes will allow you to have a new way of thinking, being, and owning who you are. Thank you for being here and enjoy the episode. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to a new episode of Spiritually Sourced. I had a brief little hiatus from the podcast, so I do apologize that it's been two weeks since a new episode, but I promise you the wait was worth it. And I am feeling refreshed and inspired to continue on this journey with you of enlightening our lives and finding inspiration and sourcing cosmic energy that is going to serve us on our journey. So I'm so excited to be back with you for another week. For those of you who have never listened to the podcast before, I'm your host, Missy. It is such a pleasure to have you here. And if you are one of the weekly listeners, then welcome back. I am so grateful for all of you and really grateful to be back recording. And what an episode to kick off after having a brief little break. I'm so excited for this week's interview. I found it so transformational and so powerful and I know that you are all going to feel exactly the same way but before we get into that I did do a little card pull and I don't know about you but I'm really feeling cosmic energy at the moment. Just this morning I went and sat outside before the sun came up and looked at the stars and the planets and it really just put into perspective how we are all part of this bigger universe and you know this universal energy flows within all of us and how connected we are to the stars and to our star ancestors and so it made sense for me to use uh, the starseed oracle to do this week's oracle card pull and the two cards that we got the first one was messenger so serious energy bringing harmony and balance And this really came through at a time where I feel like as a collective, we are really searching for that balance and for that harmony. You know, we're really seeking that balance between the masculine and the feminine energies within all of us. And, you know, the energies aren't uh, gender specific. They're gender fluid. We both or whatever you associate as we all encompass these energies in various balances and to various degrees and at the moment we are really in a time where we're being asked to shift more into our feminine and to allow ourselves to surrender to the flow of life and to know that we have no control over it which can be really scary but when we really allow ourselves to surrender deeply to that energy, it leads us to a beautiful space of openness and of awareness of where we are in this life and how we are being guided in this life. And that's what really came through and it's very synchronistic with this week's interview and what we discuss. 
But the other card that we got is baby steps. And so this one says action, follow your intuition before it makes sense. And again, this really collaborates, is that the word I'm looking for, um, with really surrendering to our divine feminine energy and following our intuition and following that ancient wisdom that we all hold within us that is leading us into a life of alignment with our higher self. And that is what I believe our intuition does. It leads us into that life of alignment with spirit, with divinity, with our highest self, with our guides, with our highest purpose in mind. And so when we really succumb to that and we release the logic that flows through our minds and is often at the forefront of our minds, when we let go of that monkey mind and feel into the subconscious space and into like I said that ancient wisdom that lies within our bodies it's so powerful and you know that is where the magic occurs when we allow ourselves to surrender into that and it is a really scary practice and something that takes work and a lot of self-inquiry and a lot of trust Uh, but that is definitely where we are being led And I really, like I said, these cards are very synchronistic with the interview that I did this week. But before we get into that, I just want to touch on one more little update that I have. And that is for the new course that I'm launching called Reawakening for the Modern Mystic. And this is a really beautiful segue into that course because This is all about reawakening our soul and reawakening our connection with our soul and the divine flow of energy that moves through us and, you know, reawakening that connection with spirit and our guides. And the reason I say reawakening is because we are all born with these gifts. You know, these spiritual gifts are not just here for a select few. I truly believe that this is a light that we all have within us that is just asking to be switched back on and to be reawakened. And when you think back to when you're a child, you know, a lot of us remember being very open and very clear channels for a lot of this energy. Even just when we look at our imagination as children, a lot of the time our imaginary friends were in fact us channeling our spirit guides. And so the aim of this course is to really lead you back into that alignment and to develop that practice of self-inquiry and really developing that devotional practice that is going to reconnect us with our soul and reawaken us. And so if you if this is something that you feel called to and, you know, something that in this moment your intuition is saying, yes, we are craving this, we want you to have that reconnection with soul and with your higher self, then definitely head to the link in the description. It will take you to my website where you can find more information about the course and what is involved. It is launching on the 6th of the 6th of this year, so the 6th of June. So you've got a lot of time to be able to think it over and to see if this would really be a right fit for you. But as I said, if you've been called to really deepen your spiritual practice and deepen your spiritual awareness, then this is definitely something that I would recommend. But leaving that to the side now, I'm really excited to get into this week's interview. 
I was so blessed to interview the amazing Angelica, who is the founder of Lit Up for Life. And she is a spiritual life coach that really leads people on this journey of self-inquiry and reawakening who they are and, you know, developing the tools that we need to move through life with presence and awareness. And what I love about what she has created is that it is a membership platform So it's accessible for a lot more people who feel like spiritual one-on-one coaching might be a little bit out of reach. But we really dive into some deep topics this week and it got me thinking and I really found this conversation transformational and I know that a lot of you will as well. And so what I ask of you is, When you are listening, if at any stage you have to pause to really allow something to sink in, then feel into that moment and allow yourself that space to have that inquisition into what we have been speaking about or, you know, any of the topics that Angel brings up. As I said, it's so powerful and this was such a beautiful conversation that I am so grateful that I got to have. And so really feeling into that and allowing yourself the space to develop that practice where you become present in that moment. But without further rambling from me, let's get into this week's magic. Amazing. I am joined by the beautiful Angel today. Angel, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's such a beautiful time to connect and we were just having a little chat before we started on and it's beautiful to just really appreciate where we are in life at the moment. So yeah, really amazing. But to get started, I'd really love for you to introduce yourself and let everyone know what it is that you do. Yeah, no worries. I'm Angelica, but my friends and clients call me Angel. Um, I'm a spiritual teacher, a life coach. I'm the founder of a platform called Lit Up for Life. And essentially, I guess there's a golden thread that runs through every single thing that I do. And that is just supporting people in living a more soulful existence and finding a way to feel more at home in their bodies and at ease in their minds and lives. And my strategy is simply to just share the tools and the tips and the tricks that I've distilled through my obsession. (laughs) Um, And yeah, in the hopes that I can, what do they say? I can't remember who said it, but it's like the artist's role is to make the revolution seem irresistible. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just my hope to kind of seduce people into taking great care of themselves. (laughs) Yeah, I love that so much. And you can hear when you talk about what you do as well, like your authenticity and how you just genuinely really want to help people. And I think that's so beautiful in an industry where I don't want to say it's oversaturated, but you know, there's been a lot of growth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think when you speak to someone that sounds so passionate and, you know, you can hear how aligned they are with what they're doing. I think that's so beautiful. Um, And I'd love to hear a little bit like about what got you into this work and what your spiritual journey looked like to kind of lead you to where you are now. Totally. Yeah. I think um, to touch on what you said, like it 
it's a beautiful thing in a way that the market is so saturated because I think it sort of shows an, a shift in mass consciousness. But with a shift comes lots of variations. You know, previously spiritual seekers had to really be devoted and committed because you would be on a ship traveling six months to some place called India that you don't never seen a picture of. God forbid you've heard about it maybe through a letter that someone's uncle, sister's brother went there once. Does it even exist? And to have the bravery and the courage to kind of live that, that kind of life and existence um, took a lot of upfront commitment and devotion. And fast forward to now, we have so much access to so much information, which is a really beautiful and wonderful thing. But it just means that um, sometimes you might see less devotion and commitment and, and that's okay too. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say what you said. <laughs> and thank you um, for seeing me. I really appreciate that. Um, so to your question, how did my journey begin? <sighs> I would say that um, my curiosity in what makes certain people happy and others seem to thrive um, and others seem to struggle uh, started through my experience with uh, immediate family members suffering with mental health and addiction. And so as a young person, I got to be really uh, in touch with how high the stakes are for all of us, really. I mean, when we don't take care of ourselves and we keep hitting the checkout button and, you know, succumb to circumstance and, and life and, you know, we don't all come into privileged, perfect environments. So having deep compassion for that too, um, it just sort of sparked this curiosity in me. Why is it that some people are seemingly cruising um, and finding joy and happiness relatively easily, it appeared to my young mind? Um, and why is it that others struggle so much that they end up in these mental health facilities that I spent so much time visiting the people that I loved in? Um, and I'm really grateful for getting to witness that. Of course, it was challenging and heartbreaking, but in the heartbreak, it taught me that a, you know, we can do really hard things and we are incredibly resilient. The human spirit is amazing. Um, and B, yeah, how high the stakes of this life game really are. And as far as spirituality um, is concerned, I never really had like an awakening, you know, some spiritual teachers or just spiritual beings. We're all um, spiritual teachers from my perspective, uh, just in different stages of our development, you know, uh, but some of them will kind of describe like Eckhart Tolle, for example, um, not definitely not to put myself in the same category as him, but because <laughs> I'm not, but he describes his awakening process as just like from one day to the next, he literally just woke up, um, which is kind of cool and must be an amazing experience as a human being. I'm like, I'd like to incarnate if I haven't already had that experience. I'm like, Oh, that's a good one. I want to experience that. But um, that was not my experience. I was always a very um, spiritual child, even though I didn't know what that was. I spoke to angels. Mum said I would talk about things on TV that I had no idea about. I'd be like, oh yeah, that's New York City. And I would be two. And she'd be like, how the hell do you know New York? Like what? <laughs> and um, I have also memories of, of channeling for adults, like sitting, I have a very vivid memory of being about seven years old and sitting in a hot tub with um like young adults like you know all kids playing in the pool and i was sitting there and it was kind of the evening and one of them sharing about their heartbreak and their grief and channeling information through for them and not having any idea what i was talking about but seeing wow. tears well in their eyes and then being like you know and as a child you don't have any attachment this to this stuff you're like oh that was cool is that like 
they feel happy now. And now I like, you know, we just want to be connected and loved and seen. And so there's so much innocence in that, but fast forward to being a teenager, of course, there's just like these moments of amnesia and, and, and waking up. And I kind of just went through all these many, many cycles and initiations of amnesia and awakeness and connection and disconnection and, and disillusionment and then complete consciousness and 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 it was a, a bit by bit initiation that truly I'm still very much in you know I have very much and still having moments of being like oh wow I was so asleep in that moment or I was so asleep to that lesson that was a, that was trying to come through me in that time so um, that has been my life's work um, well, I guess my devotion has been to living as a spiritual being, but it sort of became work um, in a natural way. And I can get into that if that interests you as well, but I'll leave yeah. it there. Long. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing with so much vulnerability. I think it's really beautiful how you describe, you know, how we go through these stages where we do realize, you know, we were still so asleep in that situation. And something that I'm really passionate about is that we are all continuously learning. Like, I don't think, anyone ever reaches like this stage of divine enlightenment that we might read about, you know, and I think that really brings us back to being a soul incarnating in this human experience and what we're really here to learn. So I really love how you speak about that. And especially during the teenage years as well, I think that's something really powerful that we all can kind of relate to, you know, during those years it's such a strange time for a lot of us so thank you for sharing so vulnerably that was really beautiful to hear and yeah I'd really love to hear about how you know your own spiritual journey led you into doing the work that you're doing now like what was your entryway into becoming a life coach and spiritual teacher yeah I'll, I'd love to share I, I want to touch on something you said because it's really interesting as well um if, if, if I may, yeah, of course, uh, year of enlightenment, because that was, that's really interesting. So I just kind of want to touch, I want to press on that a little more. Um, you're right. I really agree with you that there's this idea of um, enlightenment that feels unattainable. And what I think that does is it makes people feel like um, the divine is this thing that's out there, but it's not for them. Mm-hmm. And that, it's not within them and all living things, you know, it's instead of realizing that it's a process of revealing the divine in every moment and within every aspect of them, we get this kind of false idea that it's this thing out there that we're trying to reach. And like, we probably never reach it. It's not for us. And it kind of leaves us spiritually starved. And it's my belief that enlightenment is, is a, is a state of being that, any person can touch through spiritual practice, um, sustaining it. <laughs> that's, that's a life's work, arguably many, many, and I'm definitely not there, but stretching out um, the moments of, of awakeness compared to the moments of feeling asleep or the moments of being in deep gratitude and full participation in your learning, as opposed to resistance to what is and struggle and all that stuff that we can fall into. So just wanted to touch on that because I, um, I think it's a really beautiful point you, you made and it's really important. And I hope anyone listening will potentially uh, lean into the, the divinity that's present within them um, as not some scary, very serious thing, <laughs> but instead innately who and what they are. Yeah, no, thank you for expanding on that because that was beautiful how you 
how you said that and yeah wholeheartedly agree with how you described that as well yeah yeah it's a it's a funny one that old enlightenment game um but anywho to to your other question uh which i do want to answer uh very an interestingly natural progression i think if 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 you had of um, asked me as a teenager, like, or, or told me, if, like if I had a time traveled back and been like, this is who you're gonna be and what you're gonna do, I would have been like, what, what? <laughs> you know, it's not even an option on the menu. So of course it, it wasn't exactly like a typical career path. I didn't go to university and then, you know, get an internship, blah, blah, blah. But what did happen is I was um, heavily engaged with a yoga practice for, for many, many years. Um, by the time I studied to become a teacher, mainly just again to deepen my practice, I didn't really have like a deep, deep, deep intention to, to teach. I, I desired to teach as like, you know, just something again to deepen my own practice. Um, but it just kind of seems like the natural progression from, from being in the yoga practice for 10 years. I was like, yeah, you know, I've had, I had a couple of teachers suggest it. And so I was like, yeah, you know, it'd be actually a nice thing to do. I want to go to Bali and study more and deepen my own practice and deepen my own spiritual practice. So became a yoga teacher. Um, long, 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 long story. I'm going to skip all through my wilderness years in the entertainment industry. <laughs> that happened to found myself feeling completely emotionally, spiritually, financially, literally bankrupt and living in LA the first time at 22. Um, realizing that something had to change. As I said, the stakes are very high in this life game. I knew that very well in firsthand and found myself staring down the barrel of that. Um, and so lent into the spiritual practice says that I knew started hosting yoga at my house, just for my friends, just as again, as a way for me to come back to my own center and, and um, to, you know, when we, when we have community and we build community around us, around positive and healthy habits, it inspires us and keeps us accountable to stay in the practice. So it was really more for myself that I was hosting people like friends just to come and do yoga. And then those friends wanted to bring friends. And then, you know, people started just sharing with me, like, this is who you are. This is, you are different when you do this, you're lit up, you're, you know, when, when you're, talking about modeling or singing or any of that, like you seem down, like it's like you're a different person, like it's not making you happy, you know? Um, and they were right. And they helped me, the beautiful mirrors that we get to be for each other, they helped me see myself more clearly. Um, and that kind of inspired me to walk away from the entertainment industry and to give this whole yoga thing a go, move to London, because I fell in love and started teaching in studios and from there started to very quickly develop a one-to-one -one client base um, and then clients you know you build this intimate relationship of trust they get to know who you are and the way that you live and so clients wanted my perspective on their relationships with their mom and their partner and sex and spirituality like how do we do yoga off the mat what's the yoga philosophy for this what do you eat like you know just wanting more support um and it took me a while to kind of step fully into oh like what is this growing into like i just was sort of was like well i'm a yoga teacher but then clients would book two hours because we didn't really have enough time for yoga when we'd be you know kind of engaged in this these other practices and then kind of spread word of mouth and finally i met um a lover and and, and a mentor essentially who was a high level coach um, and he was like, you're a coach, like, let me help you, 
um, A, give you the permission to claim that title because it was scary. I was 25. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm a life coach. Like, how does that work? You know, but um, just supported me in, in really um, claiming that title and, and mentored me in, in creating more structure in the offering that I give. Um, and, and then, yeah, just continue to build my one-to-one client base from there, built my online community and started to, um, feel like I couldn't, um, create enough impact because I was like, there's only so much time in the day and I would love to gift more sessions. I was giving 15 sessions away every quarter plus my own clients. But then I felt like, well, I can't really check back in with them. And I'm trying to keep track of all these people that I've given sessions away with. And it's only one session. So it's like, started to just get a little bit overwhelming this like aspect of my spirit that was really like, Oh, like I want to support people, but I feel like I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure if anyone can resonate with that feeling. That's a fun one. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank goodness that contraction um, and that sort of compression when surrendered into gave way to as it does inspiration for me to create lit up for life, which is an online platform where people can access these tools and the information and the teachings, um, for a fraction of the cost. Um, and that way I'm able to sort of share the, share the work with many more people. Yeah, that's so beautiful and such, um, an inspiring journey as well, you know, especially I feel like when we do this work and we are helping people on such an authentic level, it is really hard to recognize that we are in fact helping people and having that outside confirmation, for you, um, you know, saying, you know, you are a life coach, this is what you're doing. I think that's so powerful for people to hear because a lot of the time I feel like we do kind of fall into this work. You know, I say that with quotation marks and it's just something that we're naturally led to. And I feel when we are so genuine in wanting to help people, it, it doesn't feel like work almost. And so it can be, you know, one of those difficult processes to wrap our head around that. Um, so thank you for sharing your experience with that. I think that's really powerful for people to hear and for people to relate to as well. Um, and I think it's such a beautiful journey that you had. Oh, thank you, my love. Yeah, I feel like people really try to put the cart before the horse a lot. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, we'll have a lot of people reach out to me on social media and say like, oh, you know, which course should I study and like, how should I get started? And you know, not that there's anything wrong with getting certified or, or further study. Of course, like if you love the curriculum and you want to learn it and you love the teacher and you respect them, yeah. But if you're doing it because you want permission to step out and do what you want to do, how I always say to people, how about instead start embodying the teaching so much that people just ask you, what are you doing? And then give it to them for free for a little while, create a community, share your work online, share your tools, share your practices. And if people are resonating with it, like they'll let you know, you know, and I think that's the scary part, right? It's just like being willing to embody it and just share it and live it. Um, rather than we're like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. First, I want to guarantee that it's going to work. And so I'm going to do like, I don't want to be exposed and vulnerable. I don't want to be witnessed in the becoming. I just want to get to the achievement part. So maybe if I just do this course and pay nine, 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 95, then I'll like get there and then I'll be seen. And I'm like, mm, good luck with that. But <laughs> not really how it works. <laughs> yeah. well, it might be, but it didn't work like that for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think self inquiry is the, um, most powerful way for us to learn and to really put in the work ourselves is the best way to teach, Um, you know, coming from that place of 
experience and having done it all yourself, I think really gives you more, what's the word I'm trying to look for? It, it just, it helps you resonate more with people and, you know, it makes you, it makes them kind of understand it a little bit more, I think. Um, so that's really beautiful. And something that I'd love to talk about and, you know, I think you are kind of touching on it without really identifying it is, you know, the many forms that you've shifted through on your journey and, you know, the different identities that you've had throughout your journey. And I'd really love for you to speak more about, you know, some of your recent revelations that you've had with awakening, like this inner fire within you and how we can have many different faces and be the same person. Um, I'd really love to hear your opinion on that a little bit more and what your experience with that has been. Yeah, it's so funny because since uh, I think the video that you're referencing, like since I filmed that even a few weeks ago, I'm like, oh, so blind. Like I, like I, I still, I feel like I look at things and I mean, I share that with clients all the time, like just be okay with sharing and know that if you're on a journey of growth, then you're probably going to look back at it and be like, hmm, not so much. And that's okay. Um, but yes, I, I'm really glad you brought this up because it's something I'm um, really in the deep listening around and in a real inquiry around is this idea of like, yeah, that, that question. I mean, it's one of my favorite meditations for anyone listening. If they're interested, it's so simple. Just ask the question as your mantra, who am I? And don't answer it. Leave it empty. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And just meditating on that. And so that points to, for me, this idea that we are God in human form this idea that we are infinite consciousness, all oneness that desired to experience itself. And so devised a game of separateness and dripped pieces of itself down through dimensions. And the further down you get, the less you remember who and what the fuck is going on and who the hell you are. <laughs> and we're on a journey. It's like a scavenger hunt for our divinity, a reclamation of our divinity so we can return to that wholeness it's like, and it's just for the sheer bliss of remembering, like we chose to forget, to go through this journey of remembering. And so when I look at it like that, I can get so swept up and I don't know who else might resonate with this. Like maybe you do, maybe we don't, anyone listening might, but especially with Instagram, like, and I'm going to loop this back around, I promise, but <laughs> I was just speaking to my girlfriend about this on the phone. We were cosmic musing, as I like to call it. And talking about how the level and the nuance of spiritual mastery required of spiritual seekers today is so amazing and fascinating and incredible. And it's so much easier to get lost in the Maya, the illusion, because it's like, if we were a monk on a mountaintop, just hanging out with other monks, renounced of any earthly possessions, it's like, that's one vibe, right? And of course, there's de such devotion and beauty to that. But also, what, what does it look like to be a spiritual seeker who also is an entrepreneur, who also is engaged in life and modern life and social media and like all the different traps in that? It's like we have a human ego. Try not to get lost in that. Oh, and then there's this new thing called a virtual ego, like which is our online identity. It's like that's the ego. It's who we think we are. And the point is to not get too identified with it. It's like the virtual ego. That's like who we think we are. And the point is to not get too identified with it. It's like this Russian doll of illusion and it's so beautiful and it's so fun, but it's really sticky and tricky not to get trapped. And I bring all of that up to say is, is 
we get to be whoever the fuck we want to be. And that's the ultimate freedom of moment to moment choice, using the right tool for the right moment. And really, truly realizing that we are that infinite that in every moment, can we step one, which I think is the, f- the most predominant spiritual teaching that's, that's prevalent and it's, it's the masculine. And of course, we, we know why that is. Um, hello, patriarchy. Love you so much. Um, <laughs> meet the moment empty. That's the, that's, the, like, that's the masculine side to this whole equation. If we can meet the moment empty, we can then, feminine version of, of enlightenment, fill it with life force energy of our choosing. Be the artist and dance with the moment. And that requires presence. And I'm not always fully 100. I'm no Eckhart Tolle. I'm not fully 100% present in every single moment. So there's times I don't use the right tool for the right moment, or I get lost in the mire, or I'm over identified with the, who am I? Like, who should I be? And then we've got this virtual ego and it's like, you know, am I doing okay? Am I being right in the world? Is this the, the best, you know, version of me, the burden of potential we can get trapped under? Um, And so I think what I've realized going through all these different layers of identity and freeing myself to just be whoever I want to be in every moment, but also realizing that that's not the focus point. If I focus on trying to figure out who I am, I'm lost because I'm God trying to come in human form like we all are. There's a lot there. That's a really Mm -hmm. hard question. But if I focus on my intention for what I want to do in the moment, that I can do. Because if I just come back to, I want to share the tools. I want to experience myself as a soul living a human life. I want to enjoy this moment fully. I want to whatever. Then it's like that intention allows me to act. If I can meet the moment empty of my expectations, meet the moment empty of who I was in the previous moment, meet the moment completely empty, which is really brave. It's scary as shit. That's full let go. That's full dissolution of identity. That's, that's nothing to hold on to, right? It's like meeting the moment empty and then making the choice of who I want to be and the tool I want to use. And I share all that because I, I've just really recently been going through that and I got lost in the mire of that the last few weeks, actually. My house burnt down. I was like, what's going on? Like, you know, this is, a, I, I could feel that there was a big spiritual initiation in it. And I was like rushing to figure it out. I was like, oh my God, there's something in this for me. I need to figure it out. And then I need to teach about it. And then I'm going to like spin this straw into gold. And the universe was like, sit the fuck down and take a breath. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just like, oh, and then when I finally caught up with that and was like, just stop, just stop. And I like got off social media and I paused all my membership payments. I was like, guys, I love you so much. I need a break. And I just allowed myself to just stop. Finally, I got it. I was like scrambling to figure out who the new me is in this new scenario and this new like circumstances I found myself in. I was like trying to figure it out. I was like, I don't need to know. I have no idea who I am. I'm God in form. I do know who I am, but I have no idea in the, the many faces of God who I am but I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm here to do. And I can trust the purity of my intention as a soul of what I came into this lifetime to do. And in that I'll be okay. But that's a very long winded answer. <laughs> no, it was, I'm just sitting here like taking that in and like I'm nearly in tears. That was so beautiful. And 
Jess, I feel like you articulated that so powerfully and that is going to resonate with so many people, you know, on this journey because I feel like that is something that we all try to uncover within ourselves. But like you said, and just wording it in a different way, there's so many layers and we can show up as whoever we want to be in that moment. And that is what is so beautiful and scary about this experience is we will never truly know, but you know, that's the fun thing we can, you know, there's all of these options for that self inquiry. And this is what continually allows us to grow and expand and evolve and just, yeah, the way you articulated that was just so powerful. And so I, I really hope that everyone listening is just taking a moment to really let that sink in and let that settle in and really guide them, you know, on some self inquiries to where they are right now. Um, especially, you know, with everything that's happening globally, I feel like we are being forced to have that time to ourselves. And, you know, I think it's, as well to touch on what you're saying about your house burning down, like what a pow- like horrific but powerful time for you. And like oh, you yeah. said, you're really scrambling. And I think another message that people can take from that is to just slow down yeah. and just take that time. We don't have to know. Yeah. It's like beauty is in the not knowing. Mm. Like, and we can hold empty. That's meeting the moment empty. I don't know like who I am. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know. I don't have any certainty of, of the world and how it's going to pan out. I don't know. You know, some people are in the, I don't know where my next paycheck is. I was in the, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have a home or any stuff. It's like, but when we feel like we need to know that's mm. the suffering and the struggling because that's not trust. You know, we can act. I'm not saying like lay on the couch and eat bonbons or maybe do, I don't know what your spiritual curriculum is right now. But what I'm saying is, you know, I'm not saying like spiritually bypass the relevant action that needs to be taken to take care of yourself and your family. But I am saying that we don't need to know. And like, we don't need to know who we are and then fit it into a 30 word Instagram bio. It's like, we don't need to know like what's going to happen with the world next week. It's like, we just don't know. And that's scary as shit. And it takes real bravery you know, to just be like, I don't know, but I can create an intention for this moment. How do I want to show up in this moment? Like what's the right tool of the infinite tools within me for this moment? And if I don't know, can I phone a friend, (laughs) like, you know, find a mentor, like lean on support. We're not here alone. We get to do it together. We're social mammals. Like we're here to cooperate, Mm -hmm. collaborate and innovate so that we can survive. And I think that's also what we're being called into. Like, with this global pandemic is and myself with the fire it's like it just exacerbated the same energy for me which is like that we are vulnerable and that we do need each other and that doesn't matter how many conveniences we can build up around us like you know we don't need to know our neighbor anymore because like if we run out of sugar we can just postmates it we don't need to know like our the people we're at school with or whatever because it's like all this convenience is taken away from what we truly are which is these tribal social mammals that use like intimacy and need were always deeply intertwined and mm-hmm. our quote unquote technology and convenience has tried to rip the intimacy out of need so that we're just like 
oh, I need all this stuff, but no one needs to know about it. No one needs to know that I'm vulnerable and I have needs. Cause like, I just like do that online and I just like order that from this and ask, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think we're coming face to face in a really big way with our vulnerability, our need to collaborate and cooperate as, as a global community and the vulnerability and the fact that we don't know, we don't know what the fuck's happening. We're completely vulnerable. We're not almighty immortal beings way above everything else in nature. Like we're getting put the F back in our place right now Mm. with nature. Nature's like, take a time out. I love that meme that's going on Instagram. Nature, mother nature's like, go to your room and think about what you've done. You know, and and not to make light of it, as I said, like I'm in this with you. There are people feeling triggered by that. It's like I, my whole house just burned down. Like I, I feel you, there is pain and real suffering. People are losing homes and jobs and humans and it's hard and it's messy and it's raw and it's real. But I know that we can all do hard things, that we are hardwired for struggle that we are here to cooperate, collaborate and innovate and that we will get through this. We just don't know how yet. And that's okay. Mm, Yeah, that's so beautiful. And that is a lot of the collective messages that have been coming through is about that collaboration and really coming together as a collective. And I think as well, that's, you know, the message of really leaning into our feminine energy a lot more and, I feel like the patriarchy, the system that we're operating under at the moment is dissolving to an extent and we are becoming more awake to our feminine energy and how it feels to surrender into that and to surrender into the trust of the universe and into the flow and to reconnect with mother nature and all of these things. And so, like you said, not to take away from the horrific things that are happening, like, you know, it is, it's very real, but to take the positive out of that and where it's forcing us to go, I think is a really beautiful way to view where we are at the moment. So I'm so grateful that you touched on that and that we were able to talk about that as well. Yeah. Well, thanks for creating the opening. Yeah, no, beautiful. Um, I'd really love for you to let anyone know, um, because I'm sure after listening to this, they are going to want to work with you because this has been so transformational just for me to hear it as well. But where can people find you and what are some offers that you have going at the moment so that people can work with you? So you can find me on Instagram at lit up for life. Um, I'm not on there that often (laughs) at the moment, Um, but perhaps I'll be back with a vengeance, but you can connect with me there. Otherwise um, you can find me at litupforlife.com and you can get a free meditation there and that will join you to my mailing list. And then we can stay in touch via that. So if any new offerings or courses and stuff come up, I can share them there. But as I said, at the moment, I'm taking a bit of a sacred pause. Um, what I am still fully committed to and engaged in is my one-to-one coaching work though. So if people head to litupforlife.com and they're feeling really called into um, one-to-one work, they can apply on there for that. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And as I said, I feel like this chat has given everyone a lot to ponder and a lot to reflect on, which I think is really powerful and you know why we all do this work that we do. So thank you so deeply. No, thank you. Really appreciate your time and inviting me in to experience you and your mastery. So thank you so much. Thank you. 
thank you for tuning in to this episode of Spiritually Sourced. If you enjoyed this episode, I ask that you please leave a review and a rating as it really supports the podcast and helps me reach new people. And if you wanted to view more of my content, then you can find me on Instagram at Missy. So that's M-I-S full stop S-E-A. And you can find more about the podcast at Spiritually Sourced on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening, my beauties, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.